beautifuls. My name is Alexis Magdalene and this is my podcast, Unfuck Yourself and Be Beautiful. Today I'm starting my new series, season two. Um, and if you've gone and followed me through my videos, my podcasts, any of that, you'll see that I've literally grown through them. So when you listen to the past ones, they might be beneficial to you, but every time I make a new one, I feel like I learn and grow and I research things. And so I'm constantly becoming a better person. And that is the whole purpose of Unfuck Yourself and Be Beautiful. It's about being who you are, being true to who you are, finding your purposes and passions, and literally unfucking yourself, getting out of your own head or living within yourself and finding beauty that is you, that you are so beautiful just as you are. And it's discovering that, it's finding that, it's really blossoming and growing and and unfucking yourself. So this is going to be my first episode trying some different angles. I'm in a new spot. It's beautiful and rainy outside and I just I decided to just go with it and be me because I'm tired of fear and anxiety and things. So today we're starting off. I'm going to do a new series. It's going to be A through Z on my podcast and YouTube videos. So today is A. It's the first episode and A, I asked my group, if you join our growth group, um I asked my group, uh, describe your day with an A. And so I got lots of anxiety, amazing, things like that. And my mom said apathy. And I was like, that's a good one because it's a very deep word. And it's also a very dark word to me. When I hear the word apathy, I think dark. So today, A is for apathy. Uh, I didn't do much research. I really wanted to talk from the heart and figure this out. I did make sure I knew what the definition was and, you know, um, how it goes with mental health. And really apathy is a big thing in mental health that it's really when you're starting to realize you're depressed is when you start to feel apathetic towards the world. It's this feeling of like you don't have any care for anything anymore. Like you just don't want to do it, that you're not interested anymore. And so I've been there. I go there a lot. I speak with my therapist a lot about um, how week from week is different for me. Some weeks I have very uplifting weeks and exciting weeks and other weeks are filled with a lot of apathy and darkness and I don't know how I got there or why. And it's really, it's triggered a lot by mental health. It's triggered a lot by anxiety and depression. Anxiety is fear, it's it's worry and apathy comes from being feared and fearful and worried all the time. Uh, you start to get apathetic towards the world and you forget what you love and what you're interested in. I know for me, um, when I am apathetic, I tend to stay inside more and get really irritated more and just don't want to deal with things that normally make me happy. And it's really me just not wanting to, I've got a weird shirt on today. <laughs> it's really me not wanting to get up and out and push myself because pushing yourself when you're feeling depressed is really hard. It's scary. And, and you don't know what the outcome is going to be. So you, you're fearful. And a lot of that has to do with your anxiety of, you know, what, what will happen, what might happen, you know, what ifs and things like that. And, um, you know, there, I don't know if there's really a cure for apathy, just like there's not a cure for most mental health. It's just a lot of work, a lot of work on your end. I think that's what, um, a lot of people don't take into consideration when they have friends or family dealing with mental health issues is that those people have to work really hard to dig themselves out. And they're very vulnerable to apathy and things. And they're very, um, it's a very dark hole. And 
it's not very easy to overcome it. It's a lot of steps. You can't just jump right out of the hole. You've got to claw your way out or find some sort of stairs or some sort of path to get there. And so, you know, it's not like you mean to be apathetic. It's not like the days that you're feeling apathy that 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 is what you it's not a feeling I feel like you purposely ever feel. It's something that just washes over you. And um, there's a lot of different types of apathy. I was reading about social apathy and how you just don't feel connected socially to other people and how you get a lot of anxiety when you're out and about in a social setting. And I feel like that pertains to me a lot. And that's that there's root causes like anxiety and worry. So for me, in order to overcome apathy I really had to work at what my fears were and then once you find out what your fears are you have to figure out what triggers those fears so there's a lot of things that I found were triggering in my life that I had no idea were triggers I had no idea until I had spoken with my therapist about situations that have happened to me in the past and how they caused a lot of my situations now my anxiety fears worry and ultimately apathy and so it's really interesting I definitely recommend a journal of some sort I know sometimes you don't always get to write things down I have a lot of notes in my phone in fact if somebody ever found my phone there's a lot of random notes and things in there about you know shadow work apathy things that are just overcoming things and it's kind of like you know how there's no real key to weight loss and weight loss is such a, you see weight loss, you see weight gain, you see things like that. It's a physical thing. And there's no quick cure or quick remedy or get, lose weight fast. It's, it's a work in progress. It's, and same with gaining the weight. It's a lot of things that took it to get there or a lot of issues, health issues, things. There's things, underlying things, you know, for weight loss or weight gain or any of that physical look or physical attributes. Um, the same goes for mental health. The problem is, is that you can't physically see this. You can't see when somebody is struggling and a lot of people have gotten really good at masking it. I know years, I spent years masking a lot of postpartum depression, a lot of uh, fear, anxiety, depression. I spent so much time masking it that I finally, after my third child, I could no longer mask it anymore. I could no longer hide how I was feeling from friends and family and I fell hard and fast and that is how Unfuck Yourself came to be. So I feel like every deep dark thing always has a way of, of finding light somehow. If you, oh, it's really hard because I had to fight for that light and I still have to continue to fight for that light. But the more I fight for it, the more I know it's there and the easier it can be some days to get to. I still have dark days. I still have days where I don't wanna do anything. Um, I did take a break from making podcasts and videos and affirmations because I was back into my slump of darkness and depression and anxiety and fear. And, and a lot of fear is based off of, the hard part is that my fear is based off of what other people think. I heard a great quote by Gary Vee, um, and he said today that perfection is is the fear of what other people are going to say. Like, you're you're trying to make it perfect. 
And that's why I was trying to start this new series and I was trying to think, how can I make it perfect? But it doesn't need to be perfect. It needs to be me. The only reason I want to be perfect is because I'm worried about what others are going to think of it or how others are going to judge it. So perfectionism is just the fear of other people's opinions. I believe that was the quote that he said. And I, I just love that because it is so true. I mean, to be perfect is to, to be afraid. And I'm not saying you can't be perfect. I'm saying that that desire to be perfect. I can't do it unless it's right. I can't do it unless this is like, what are you so afraid of? As long as nobody's hurt, as long as you're not hurting yourself, there's no need to strive to be perfect. In fact, our striving to be perfect hurts us sometimes because we're not being true to who we are and we're not letting ourselves be free or be relaxed or be in the moment. And that's really damaging to us. And really who defines perfect? Because in my world, the only person who can say what perfect is, is me. I see something and I think, wow, that's perfect. Somebody else might see it and say, wow, that's trash. Our definition of perfect is defined by us. And so I really, I really love that quote. Um, and I really think that when you look at what is perfect to you, I feel like you should look at, are you looking for validation? Are you looking for what others deem perfect, society deems perfect? Or are you looking at your insecurities as imperfect, making perfect complicated? Does that make sense? So I really want, um, I really want you to, to dig deep especially if you're in that hole. I want you to stop and take a minute. And um, if you're dealing with anxiety right now, I want you to tell me what you're afraid of. Name one thing you're scared of. Cause like I had a lot of anxiety this morning and it's storms. We had a lot of bad storms, a lot of rain, a lot of hail. And my fear with the anxiety was something could happen or something could happen to somebody I loved. And it's like, I can sit there and worry and worry and worry and be afraid, or I can use my time in a way that makes me feel less stressed. So I noticed a lot of people, okay, I'm gonna digress here and change subject. I do that a lot. A lot of people talk about um, inner child and inner child wounds. And I have struggled a lot with my inner child because I don't know where she is or what she needs and so I've been like trying to take back memories fears anxiety so when a fear comes up for me um like for instance afraid of the dark I've always been afraid of the dark and I'm finally in my 30s I'm starting to to lose that fear I notice that I can walk through a dark room and not like get shivers or feel like somebody's watching me or just be really afraid that I'm alone and that was my trigger is loneliness. My fear of the dark came from loneliness. And that was because I felt like I didn't have anybody there for me at night. And when I was afraid of the dark, my feelings were never validated. Not to say that was my parents' fault. Everybody, you know, my parents could have had so much going on. It is not their fault that I didn't feel validated. But it happened. It's in the past. And now I need to validate my own feelings because I don't have my parents around me all the time to validate my fear of the dark. But I also need to make sure as a parent that I'm validating my children's feelings so that fear is not um, 
passed on to them because that is something that we do with generational trauma is that we pass on our fears, anxieties, our trauma, not on purpose, but because that they were passed on to us. So me as a parent, I am reworking all these traumas, but it's a generational trauma. It goes back to grandparents, great grandparents, everything like that. And it's just not one side, it's two sides. It's this big family tree and you're here at the root and you can either help those roots get bigger and go further or the tree is going to die with you, you know? So that sounded dark. I didn't mean for that to sound so dark. It doesn't get eye, but it continues to rot or get worse or not thrive the way that it should. I like to use metaphors because I like to physically picture things. And when I pictured that, that was dark. But yeah, so uh, anxiety and fear. And when your fear starts to come in, sometimes we block out that fear with apathy. We use apathy in a way to be like, okay, you know, we disconnect, disassociate, become apathetic. And it's really important to, it took me a long time, but it's really important to work all the way down and find out what that root cause is. And for me, it was loneliness. And I've noticed speaking with my therapy, a lot of issues I've had with my husband is fear of being alone. Um, fear of, you know, a lot of it's loneliness. A lot of it was fear of being alone. A lot of it was uh, just being scared that somebody was going to leave me. Um, and finding out those random, really weird triggers because of things that have happened in my life, things that I never thought would be there. So I urge you to take out your journals and write things down. Um, I want you to start with apathy. I want you to start with what apathy means to you. When you hear the word apathetic or when you feel apathetic, I want you to tell me, um, how you're feeling like what you don't want to do. Because when I'm feeling apathetic, I really don't want to do any of the things that I typically love. I used to be huge on laundry, loved laundry. And now when I'm feeling apathetic, I don't want to do laundry. I don't care if my house is clean. I just feel really disassociated. I don't want to go outside, which is normally something I love. So I really try to force myself to do something I haven't done in a long time. So last week I was feeling really apathetic. I was just having a rough week, really disconnected. And I grabbed a book, one of my very favorite books. It's called The Dive from Glossian Spear. I never read, read books, and I've gotten rid of most of my books. My mom's always passed on books, and I thought that was really cool. You write your initials on it when you're done, and you pass it on to another family or friend, and then they pass it on. Sometimes it makes it back to you, and you can be like, oh, I read that one. It has my initials. This is the only book I've never given away, and it's because when I read it, it was the start of my... I can't even explain it. It was like that consciousness I finally had and was like, oh wow, life is not all unicorns and rainbows, but it can be, I don't know. It's a great book, The Dive from Glossian's Pier. Highly recommend it. So the other day I just looked over and it was sitting there and I was like, what on earth is that? You know? And I was like, you know what? I'm going to at least force myself to read a chapter by myself. My kids are busy. Everything is going on. I have a chance. I haven't picked up a book in years probably since I was pregnant with my first so over five years ago is the last time I picked up a book besides reading a few pages of something or reading something online like a story uh, an actual book with the good smelling pages and everything I love books I used to go to half price book all the time when I was a teenager and um, early 20s 
it was my favorite thing to do was go find used books and just loved walking around smelling them getting an old dvd and things like that and so opening that book reopened that and i feel like that's when my apathy was like all right you can go now there's the door because it was like i was feeding my inner child it was something i didn't know that i needed but I had used it so much when I was younger as a way to disconnect from life, but enjoy it at the same time. And I just realized like that is self-care and love. It's finding a way that you can disconnect from the world, be free from all these fears and anxieties of adulthood. Am I right? Because adulthood is so scary. Bills, work, constant schedule children everything adulthood is just terrifying it's all these responsibilities that are on your shoulder and when I opened that book and I started reading I just got enveloped into that story and I was literally like this is how I feed my inner child is going back to things that make me happy and then speaking of we went to the park yesterday with my kids and my kids are getting a little bit older I have a five four and two year old so they're not as needy. They still have needs and I still have to watch them closely. They're still young. But I had this time where I got to sit on the swing, watch them down the slide and just swing as hard and fast as I could. And my inner child was so incredibly happy. And mind you, it took me months to figure out what my inner child need. And these things kind of just fell in my lap I was as I was searching because I allowed myself to kind of let go and kind of be open to things that I kind of felt more gravitated to. Normally I'd be like, oh no, I'm too old for that. Oh no, there's people watching. Oh no, I, I should do laundry instead. And this weekend I was like, you know what? I should be doing laundry, but I don't wanna do it. And I can literally maybe do a load tomorrow. Does it, is it gonna, am I gonna die from not doing laundry? Am I gonna, I have some clothes. I can rewear a shirt to work or something. It's not that big of a deal. It's not the end of the world. And if just, just one chapter, it only takes me five to 10 minutes to read a chapter, right? Maybe even less. And so I allowed myself those five to 10 minutes and I literally could just feel my batteries charging. Like this is the self-care, this is the inner child work that I needed. And so I urge you to write down all these things, write down things, maybe just even Instead of digging into your inner child, sometimes I feel like I hear things like inner child and I'm like, okay, what is that? How does this work? And I dig too deep into inner child when the fact that inner child is you, it's there. That child, that play, that happiness is there inside of you. It is not gone. Even though there are days where it feels like it is gone and it is never coming back, it is there. You literally have to be I don't know, lay down on your bed, on your couch, close your eyes and think, what did I do when I was younger that just made me smile? What smells did I love? What things did I like to touch? What places did I like to go to? You know, I love swinging and it was so nice to take my kids to the park, get some energy out on them and just get on that swing and swing without worrying about judgment, without worrying about anything. I closed my eyes and I swang on that swing and I jumped off of it like a four-year-old. My legs hurt because I'm 30, but it was so nice just to be free of expectations and worries. And I think that's what an inner child is, is because children aren't worried about 
what they need to accomplish, what responsibilities that they have, because you have none as a child, or you shouldn't. There are traumas in your life that might have happened that made you more responsible than you needed to be. And that's why it's so important to let's break those generational curses and traumas so that way we don't pass that onto our children. That saying when I was younger is you are wise beyond your age is just not fair. It is not fair. You should not have to be wise beyond your age. Unless you just really, really like reading books that make you smarter and make you wiser and that's what they mean. You shouldn't have to be wise because of the things that happened to you. You shouldn't have to be wise because you felt the need that you needed to grow up. You should be wise beyond your years because you chose that. Because that's that's not because you had to grow up. And I always have that saying, you know, like, uh, oh, Alex, because I, I would date around boys and I just couldn't figure out why it didn't work out. And they, you're just too mature for your age. And it's so crazy to think now, I thought that was a compliment. I would be like, oh yeah, you're right. I am pretty mature for my age. I am pretty grown up. And now I see it as, as not an insult, but damaging as, not that they meant to damage or hurt. Um, I feel like we get frustrated with that. Like I had great parents growing up. They were lo loving and kind and amazing, but I feel like they didn't nurture themselves or care for themselves as much as they should have. And uh, it not only hurt them, but it hurt us and not in a way that they meant to hurt us, but in a way that now we have to relearn what self-care and self-love is because we had these hardworking parents and we just really, oh man, sometimes I wish I could go back and just tell them, look, take care of yourself. Don't worry about me so much, <laughs> but I love them. Um, they're great. And my grandparents are great. My family is great. I don't want this to be about, sometimes I feel like when people go to therapy or when people try to better themselves and set healthy boundaries, that it really means letting go of your family or letting go of all your friends. And really that's not the case. It's really just about you though. And you need to learn to be free of that worry and be free of that expectation and not worry and those people who love and care for you are always going to be there my family is still there through everything i've gone through through everything i've learned about them and me and none of them i hope don't feel hurt by it you know but if they do feel hurt maybe it's it's taught them to look at what triggers that hurt you know maybe it's something in their life that that hurt goes back to when they were a child so when you start to hate heal, when you start to heal, you start to pass that light. This light starts to show and it's not always going to be bright and shiny. You're still going to have darkness in there, but this light will start to glow and it'll start to get brighter and brighter. And when it comes off of you, it's going to shine into other people and warm them up and they're going to want some of that light and you'll have a little bit of light to give lessons to teach. Uh, stories to tell, passing it on. There's days where you need to guard your light and protect your light. And don't you dare share it with anybody because you only got a little light today. It's real dim. But there are days where that light shines so bright, you are just ready to share it with the world. And that is why I started this podcast and YouTube videos because some days I have so much light 
and I have no idea what to do with it, but I just know that I need to share it. I know that I need to give it. And maybe I don't always say the right words or uh, maybe I was wrong last week and I'm right this week. But the thing is that my light is always willing to learn and share and grow. My light is always willing to give. And I just want to be a bright shining light always, but I also respect that I can't always be a bright shining light. That there are days that my light is just burnt out and I need to let it rest. I need to soak up some sun and hopefully it recharges those solar panels. <laughs> I kind of feel like we are giant solar panels that we do need sun to re-soak up so we can start shining again. Like those little solar lights outside. We have a bunch outside so that's probably why I use that metaphor on me. The other day it poured rain and the sun came out and I ran outside and sat in the sun because I was just like, I think it's going to rain again and I really need some vitamin D and I need some light in me. I need to recharge because I feel like if it keeps raining, I'm going to keep burning out and I can't enjoy the rain. So I feel like you have to learn, like, sometimes I also think we burn ourselves out on what makes us happy. So the sun is great and recharges us, but sometimes the sun can be too much and it burns us. And the rain, I love the rain, but sometimes if there's too much rain and not enough sun, or I didn't take advantage of the little sun that came out for a little while, I start to think, oh, where did that sun go? This is too much rain. It's kind of like everyone's like, oh, I can't wait for summer when it's winter, and oh, I can't wait for winter when it's summer. It's nice to have that healthy mix, just like um, sometimes we need sleep. Sometimes we're great without it. You need to find that what works for you. There is no answer. There is no, you should get nine hours. You should get four hours. You what works for your body when it comes to sleep? What works for your body when it comes to the sun? What works for, for, for you? What works for you when it comes to apathy? You know, when you're feeling apathetic, it's not that, oh, I'm lazy and I'm not, I'm detached from the world and I'm just no good and I'm awful. No, there, you, it's okay to be apathetic. Everybody gets there sometimes, but you need to find something that makes you happy so you can level yourself back out. You're going to drop different ways. It's that finding that happy balance and it's not going to be happy balance all the time. It's kind of like weight gain and loss. You know, you might lose 20 pounds, you might gain 10. You might lose 5, you might gain 2. You might gain 40, you might lose 2. Life is not all about balance all the time. And I think that that culture of hustle, you can do this, you need to be happy, you got this, it's just in your head. I like to think that. I like to think that I can just get up and make myself happy. I can just get over it. But life is not going to be like that. There are going to be days where I'm just not balanced and I just can't get over it. I just have to give myself grace on those days, just like you need to give yourself grace on those days. It's okay to know that your best is enough and your best is only defined by you. Your best is what you make it, what best means to you. So if you're saying, man, I really suck. I didn't get any laundry done. I'm the worst. Who's defining that? Who's saying that? You are. And if there's somebody in your life telling you that, let me just tell you, that is a whole nother story. That is a need to cut those people out toxic boundary story. But when it's you telling yourself that, you need to cut that person out too. You need to take a step back and think, 
I am enough, that laundry can wait, that this body is the only one that I've been given. It can only take so much hate and rejection from ourselves, from our inner voice. And we really need to learn to be kinder. It's gotten us here. I mean, this thing is 30 years old. I'm sure I've got new skin, however science works. Got new hair color. You know, I change things, different clothes, different styles, long hair, short hair, purple hair. It changes over the years, but it's still the same one you got when you were born. That heart inside your chest, that's 30 years old. 30 years and nine months, it formed. I don't know how science works, so maybe it's less than that, but it is so important to think about yourself 30 years ago when you were born and respect that tiny little baby it used to be. Respect that little baby and be, I, I need you to look that little baby in the eye no matter how awkward and weird it is and tell that baby you are enough just as you are. I do not expect anything else of you. I do not think that you are ugly. I do not think that you are lazy. I do not think that you are not enough. How? You're just this tiny little baby in this world. You deserve so much. And just because you've grown into an adult and you have responsibilities and you have worries and fears, anxiety, apathy, just because you have that all, all that doesn't mean that you're not still that tiny baby that deserves the world, that deserves love and care, clothes, kindness, food, validation. Every little tiny baby deserves to be enough. It doesn't matter where they are born, what they look like, none of that matters. This little tiny life deserves to be told that they are enough. And there's going to be days where you're going to tell that little tiny baby, dressed as an adult, that I am not enough. And just remember, you define what enough is. That is your definition. So if you are not enough, tell yourself what makes you not enough. Who told you that? What in your life happened that made you feel like you couldn't be enough? Because you deserve to be valued and enough. You deserve that validation. So repeat after me. I am enough. I am worthy. And just because today is hard, tomorrow might be hard, yesterday was hard. Man, it's been a really hard year. Just because it's been hard doesn't make you less of enough. Doesn't make your feelings invalid. You are valuable and worthy as you are in this moment because the next moments are not guaranteed. And so why do we think that we need to be perfect when perfect is the fear of not being accepted as we are? I love you guys. And I think I'm gonna wrap it up today. That was real deep. I haven't had a podcast in a while. And just remember, if none of this resonated with you, that's okay. If all of it resonated with you, that's okay. I love you either way. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe. I'm going to do an A through Z series. I'm going to give myself grace. And I can't tell you when B will come out, but it should be next week. Maybe the week after. Um, I don't know what B is going to be about yet. So stay tuned. Um, 
And yeah, go subscribe. I've got merch. Also, I make my own website and I um, also make my own clothes. I own a warehouse. So if you want to purchase some stuff, the link is there. And I appreciate everybody who's purchased so far. That means the world to me. I also have a Redbubble. I also have a podcast and a YouTube so sub subscribe there and the link to the group is also down below. That is our Unfuck Yourself and Be Beautiful growth group. We have some amazing people in there. Everyone's always sharing fun things. Everyone's always asking questions. We're all trying to help each other, uplift each other, be positive and kind. And yeah, I just want to thank you guys for listening and let you know that I really appreciate you and enjoy this series. I love you. Remember to always stay kind.